Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Employment Matters podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the world. I'm your host, Daniel Hund, with Advanced Biden in Germany. On the program, we span the globe and receive updates on the critical issues from ELA members in each region. On today's episode, we will be discussing visa routes for inward investors to the UK. And joining us on the program are Elaine McElroy and Erin McLafferty, partner and associate at Brody's LLP in Scotland, our new Scottish member. Elaine and Erin, welcome. We are delighted to have you on the program. Thank you for joining us. How are you today? I'm well, thanks. We're just at the start of a long weekend for the coronation. So on Friday afternoon, it's always nice to have a long weekend ahead of you. So yeah, feeling good. I can imagine. Coronation, that's actually very interesting, but not as interesting as our topic today, I suppose. So Erin, how are you doing? Yes, good. Thanks. Thanks for having us today to chat about this. Fantastic. So what do we actually mean by visa rules? And what do we mean by inboard investors in this context? So can you give me a typical example of an inboard investor wanting to set up a business in the UK? And what would that scenario might look like? Well, I'll start with the explanation about what visa routes are and what inward investors are, and then maybe Erin can give you a sort of practical example. So if somebody wants to come to the UK to either set up a business or work here, they'll need a visa. And in the UK, there's lots of different sorts of visa. Those will generally permit the individual to come to the UK to live here and work. And there's a process to getting that visa, which we can maybe talk about later. But that's what we mean by a visa route. And in terms of inward investors, that's somebody who wants to come to the UK for investment purposes, usually, again, to run a business. So it might be an entrepreneur or somebody looking to expand their business into the UK. They might already have a business established elsewhere or it might be a brand new startup. But yeah, that's basically what we mean by that. And I guess in terms of an example, so if we think of a US-owned business that's maybe already operating in the United States maybe a tech business, for example, and they decide that they want to set up some kind of presence in the United Kingdom. So that's to access the UK market or maybe the rest of Europe to develop and sell their product or their technology. They might decide that they want to send either one individual or a team of individuals to come to the UK to help set up and establish that kind of expansion. And that's where I guess the visa that Elaine mentioned comes in, because those individuals will need some type of permission to get those people over to the UK in order to do that. Okay, now that we know what we're basically talking about, what are the typical challenges faced by inward investors who want to set up a business? So what do they typically face? So typically, the key challenges we see inward investors face is that they don't tend to have the same infrastructure in place in the UK that perhaps a more established business would do. So, for example, they don't always have an incorporated or registered company in the UK. They maybe don't have any UK-based staff. They don't have bank accounts in the UK, registration with tax authorities, etc. And what that can mean is that certain visa routes may not be an option for them in that case. So, We have the skilled worker route in the UK, which is a really common route for UK businesses to bring overseas workers to come and work for them in the UK. And that requires the UK business to go ahead and get a sponsor license, file some paperwork, evidence, for example, that they have a UK registered entity, that they are registered with tax authorities, that they have UK staff, etc. 
Lots of inward investors don't have that infrastructure in place, so it can limit the options open. But there are lots of visa routes out there under the UK system that don't necessarily require that infrastructure from the outset. So we'll probably look at them in a bit more detail as we go through today, but certain other routes don't require that. So there can still be options, even if inward investors don't have that infrastructure that I mentioned in place. Okay, very good. And does it also make a difference whether the inward investor operates in a specific sector, for example, technology sector, or are the rules the same across the board? So there are loads of different visa categories in the UK, other than that skilled worker one that we talked about. Some of them are relevant to particular sectors. So we've got one visa, which is actually a great visa route for inward investors called the Global Talent Visa that doesn't require that established presence and you don't need to have someone here in the UK already to sort of open up access to that route. That does, however, only apply to people in specific fields of expertise. So digital tech is one of them, and that's often used for people in the field of tech, the arts and culture, academia and research. So if you're in one of those fields of expertise and you can show that you are a kind of leader or emerging leader in your field of expertise, the global talent route is great. Other visa routes that we have are not sector specific. They're open to people in all different fields of expertise, but they all have their own eligibility criteria. So some are based on someone's nationality. For example, we've got one route that's for people from Commonwealth countries, etc. We've got other routes open to a youth mobility scheme that's based on nationality as well. So we've got all these different sort of routes, all with their own rules attached. And that can make it challenging for somebody sometimes to sort of weigh up their options because there's different pros and cons for each. But yes, some sector specific and some are not. When you were elaborating on that, I was really thinking, wow, those are a lot of options. And uh, (laughs) you probably made the best case why it's actually a good idea to hire you guys in the process to help you through this jungle, actually. So I understand there have been a lot of visa changes in the UK recently, right? Can you tell me a bit about those and how they impact inward investors? Sure. I'll maybe go through some of the changes we've had in the last year and maybe I can hand over to Elaine to talk about one of the kind of most recent and significant changes that happened in April this year. I guess in terms of the UK system, we've seen numerous changes to our immigration rules since Brexit. The system following Brexit was kind of reviewed for a post-Brexit world and to make sure that our system was fit for purpose following the end of freedom of movement and things. So we have seen a lot of changes in the last few years. 2022, we also saw kind of three significant changes to our system. Well, four, I guess. There was a really significant closure, which was of what we called the investor visa, which was a visa route for individuals who were investing large sums of money into the UK. That closed in February last year and hasn't been replaced. And the UK government has indicated that it won't be replaced. So that has been pretty significant and meant that individuals who relied on that route previously maybe have had to rethink things a bit. But we have also had some good news stories in the last year. So we have seen the introduction of what we called the global business mobility routes. And those were routes to help overseas countries be able to move staff to the UK a bit more easily. There have been five kind of subcategories of that visa route opened, which I won't go into lots of detail about. But generally, that is a good news story. And we have seen one in particular called the expansion worker route, which is for, I guess, those overseas businesses wanting to expand into the UK. So that has been a good news story. In May, we also saw a temporary visa route called the high potential route open, which was for graduates of certain prestigious international universities. 
And it's actually a really flexible visa that allows him to come for two years and work, look for work, set up a business. So very flexible. And it's really just based on their past study experience. So it's not linked to a business or a job or anything, which is a positive. And we also saw the scale up route, which was opened in August of last year. And that is a little bit more niche for certain qualifying businesses that are classed as scale ups and want to bring certain highly skilled workers to the UK. So these have all been really positive changes and they've opened up a lot of different routes. And I guess there are more options than ever. And I'll maybe hand over to you, Elaine, to talk a bit about the new route that opened in April. Yeah, in the last couple of weeks, so since the 13th of April, we've seen in the UK a new route, which is of interest to lots of inward investors to the UK. So it's called the Innovator Founder Route. And it's for, I guess, the clue is in the name. If you're a founder of a business and you want to establish that and grow it in the UK, then it's a route to sort of look into. It came in at the same time as two previous routes that we had closed. So it's like a replacement visa to, we had a route called the startup route and we had an old innovator route. And this is supposed to be a kind of new and improved version of that. Those previous routes had come in in 2019 and hadn't been that heavily used. So I think they looked at some of the reasons why those routes hadn't been used a lot before. And this new route is supposed to be easier for people, I guess, to access and a bit more flexible in terms of what they can do. So it's for people that have got a business idea that they want to develop. It's got to be innovative, scalable and viable. And they have to apply for endorsement to a body. So there's several bodies that have been nominated by the Home Office, which is part of the UK government, and who are able to give out these endorsements for these business plans. If you can show that your business plan meets the relevant criteria, you get this endorsement letter and then you can apply for a visa for a three-year period. During that three-year period, they'll check if you're making sufficient progress against your business plan, etc. But as long as you do, then you can either apply to extend or even apply for settlement after just three years in the UK, which is quite unusual. Lots of other visas, you have to sort of stay for at least five years before you can apply for settlement. So it's potentially an attractive option for inward investors. And yeah, it's supposed to be this kind of new and improved version. And Individuals actually who come in under this route can now work for third parties for a period if they want to. The old version of this visa, you couldn't do that. So that seemed to be a bit of a a sort of plus in that it's a bit more flexible for people. I see. Very interesting indeed. And again, I have to say a lot of routes, apparently a lot of options and probably a good idea to have an expert on your side to navigate you through this. When we're talking about timing, if I'm for instance, an inward investor, and I would like to, let's say, for example, plan to set up a business in the next, say, six months. When would I have to call you guys and get going? So timing is a really critical consideration when thinking about relocating to the UK and setting up a business. And actually, last year, we saw lots of delays to the visa immigration system. So most visa categories are subject to delays. Thankfully, that seems to have alleviated in most cases. So we are kind of back to our standard processing, but visa processing time is quite fluid and can change at short notice. So being prepared and thinking of visas well in advance is usually recommended. We quite often see inward investors looking to relocate to the UK with quite short timelines, so within a few months. And what that does mean is that it might restrict the visa options that are open to individuals because they don't have lots of time to spare. And some of the visa options we spoke about today do require some kind of initial work to be undertaken, whether it be applying for sponsor licenses or getting endorsement. 
that all takes a bit of time. So thinking in advance about whether you need a visa or what kind of visa is the best for you usually makes sense because it then means you can look at all of the options and you're not just restricted to those that can get you here quickly. And it also means you're not working against unnecessarily deadlines. So I would say thinking about it kind of six months in advance is usually not a bad starting point. It's much better to have too much time on your hands than not enough. So that's usually what we say, but it is always possible to do things quicker and the UK Home Office do offer priority services. So that's not to say that if you don't have lots of time to spare, that it's not possible for you at all. Okay. And can you maybe elaborate a little on the application process in general, like how it works step by step to apply for a visa? So the sort of time scales for the application and the exact paperwork that you need will depend on which visa category you go for. As Erin said, like if you went for, say, this new innovator founder visa, that would require business plans, CVs, different paperwork that you need to submit in order to get your endorsement. Once you've got that endorsement letter, there's then pretty much in all visa categories, there'll be an online application form, there'll be a fee to pay, you usually have to upload your biometric information, etc. And the timelines for applying will also vary depending on if you're applying from overseas to come into the UK or if you're already in the UK in a different visa category and you're switching. But as Erin said, there's usually priority services available if you're prepared to pay to sort of jump the queue. That's not always the case, but in many, many types of application, you can pay extra if timing is critical and and you want to kind of get here in a hurry. And just to explain the, I guess, the delays last year, a lot of those were caused actually by the Ukraine crisis that took a lot of resources away from typical visas and they sort of yeah, diverted resources into that. So that has to a great extent now subsided and we're back to sort of standard processing. But for a while there, there were a lot of people in a rush to get to the UK and then they were sort of finding that time skills weren't working to the sort of usual standards that we would have. But yeah, a lot of that's alleviated now, which has taken the pressure off a bit. I see. And I guess you have a lot of clients actually who you advise on those kind of matters. Do they receive the UK visa options as comparatively accessible and kind of easy to access? Or do they think it's rather restrictive and tricky to navigate the option? I think the UK is pretty good overall in terms of having lots of different visa routes and the skilled worker route that we talked about at the beginning. I think that is really straightforward and short timeframes, etc., compared to lots of other jurisdictions. It used to be more complicated. We scrapped what was called the resident labour market test at the end of the Brexit transition period. That used to involve employers having to show they couldn't find a local to do the job. That was all done away with, which meant the process has become a lot more streamlined, certain, etc. than it was before. We also expanded the range of jobs that could be sponsored in the UK and approximately doubled them at the time of the Brexit transition period ending as well. So I think the UK is pretty open for business. So whether you're looking at sponsorship options, when people compare us, say, to the US, I think they often think it's the UK is pretty straightforward in terms of being able to sponsor people for a work visa. And if that one's not suitable, there are a long list of other visas suitable for different purposes. So I would say it's rare that we can't find a solution. You know, sometimes there's a degree of problem solving and weighing up pros and cons of different visas. Some are long-term, some are short-term, etc. So there's different pros and cons with each. But yeah, there's usually a solution there, I would say. Let's look ahead a little. And maybe there might be other job options and other routes in the future, given there are so many. And this seems to be a very dynamic 
field actually where a lot of development. So do you think that further changes are likely for inward investors when it comes to visa? Well, as you mentioned, we have seen a lot of changes recently and we are expecting some changes to what are called the visitor rules later this year. Um, The government has said they're going to review what business visitors can do when they're here in the UK, which I guess a visit visa isn't a work visa, but it can be helpful for inward investors who are perhaps coming to the UK to visit sites or attend meetings. So that could be good news, but we're yet to see what those changes will look like. In terms of other changes, the government's not announced any imminent plans to change anything else in terms of inward investors. And I would say that now the Innovator Founder has been opened and that's now live, there probably will be a bit of, of time for the government to kind of assess how well it's working and if, if uptake increases under that route than it did perhaps under its predecessors. But although nothing is planned, I would say it's it's always possible and it is one of these areas that does change frequently and fast. So definitely watch this space on that one. The UK's actually had quite a lot of I guess, shortage areas in terms of hiring people. So different sectors of our economy have kind of struggled to get people, especially actually areas like hospitality and not always the high skilled job areas. They sometimes do have shortages as well. But yeah, and some of that seems to be since COVID, lots of employers have struggled to recruit. So there's quite a lot of sectors that are, I suppose, campaigning or lobbying to get, you know, the ability to to bring people in more easily. And sometimes the government will respond to that by looking at areas of shortage and things and whether we do need to open up new visas, et cetera, even if they're short-term visas to meet certain needs. So care workers, for example, we had a shortage of those and there were changes to kind of accommodate that. So it's an area that's kept under review in terms of visa routes. So nothing in the pipeline, but it's always possible. But I'm sure you're going to reach out to us, right? Uh, as soon there is something to report yes, on. Yes, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll do another podcast on the matter, I'm sure. Another of. update. Yeah, that would be fantastic. And what you're saying is actually the same in Germany, right? Uh, we have a shortage of employees from Abora too, and, and employees in general. So in high-paid jobs as well as in lower-paid jobs, so all over the scope, that's actually very, very similar. And I guess governments are somehow also in competition against each other, right, to yeah, um, yeah. to attract people from abroad to come to the labor market. And so I am pretty confident that there will be changes both in your jurisdiction and mine too in the future. And so I already look forward to the next podcast, actually. Yes, Last question for you guys. <laughs> Do you have any general tips, anything we have mentioned so far for inward investors who are considering moving to the UK? I think the main tip we probably covered which is that plan ahead like if you plan ahead you've got plenty of time you're our ideal client (laughs) because then and then you are going to have all the options open to you you're not going to be in a rush so but that's not always possible in the real world people don't always have all the time in the world to plan so if you do have that that's sensible there is lots of information available online on the government websites, etc., with all these visa routes. So lots of information accessible, but sometimes picking your way through that can be complex if you're not prepared to do lots and lots of reading. So sometimes speaking to somebody about the pros and cons will get you to the answer in terms of which is the best route for you quickly. So yeah, sometimes picking up the phone is a good idea, I would say. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, this is all the time we have today. Elaine and Erin, this has been a real pleasure. Thank you for your time and the lively discussion. Thanks very much. That's been great to speak to you today, Daniel.
yes, thanks, Daniel. Thanks for having us today to chat about that. That was great. And thank you, listeners, for joining in. If you would like to connect with Elaine or Erin, please click on their bios in the description of this podcast. We also encourage you to reach out to any of our lawyers around the world by selecting Find a Lawyer. And that's actually a link on the ELA website at ela.law. In addition, feel free to search the ELA website where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers and on-demand content from our online library, or just access the ELA exclusive global employer handbooks. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Daniel Hahn. Thanks for listening. 